The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. It is Wednesday morning, July 5th. Hope you had a great day yesterday as you celebrate the 4th of July or Independence Day. Great day with family. A great day reminded of the freedoms that we do enjoy here in our country and at what, what cost. And we're grateful for all of those who have served to allow us to enjoy our freedoms. So we hope you had a great day um, yesterday and a great day off for many of you. Unless you worked in retail, you might find yourself busy all day. Uh, we've been going through uh, the life of Christ with the book of Matthew recently, through the Sermon on the Mount, through Jesus' teaching. And we started the Sermon on the Mount, and we talked about or the Lord's Prayer Monday, I believe it was. We talked about God's position in prayer as our Father and what that means. Uh, we're going to pick up and continue down, maybe finish up at least this aspect of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, let me start with something. We, we mentioned, I want to clarify, I mentioned again that we do not believe the Lord's Prayer is something that is just to be repeated. It is not a pre-written prayer. If you say these prayer, you know, these words, you'll be blessed. Just read the few verses previous that actually be contradictory to his own teaching. But then I've been asked a question, uh, and some of you would think, you know, as you listen to this, it seems like a um, elementary question, a silly question, but honestly, when you dig into it, for some, it's a pretty serious question. If God already knows everything, he's sovereign, and his plan is going to take place anyway, then why pray? Can we really move God? Can we really change things if we choose to pray? Uh, and some of you have been experienced like this. We've been in this in our family. We pray for the healing of somebody, and God, for whatever reason, chooses not to. And if you're not careful, you can become to wonder what's going on. You can become frustrated. You see things happening in family, or God working in way opposite of what you would hope and what you thought, and you can begin to wonder, is prayer even worth it? Uh, just a couple principles we learn from Scripture. One of the things that God tells us is we have not because we ask not. Then he says we have not because we ask in a desire to consume it on our own desires. We, we look at it with this desire to gain. So if it's a selfish prayer, we're not going to get it. Right? If, it's, if we don't pray, we're not going to get it. Um, the other thing about prayer, remember, is prayer is not about getting God to move in line with my agenda and my desires. Prayer is about helping me to line up with God's agenda. Um, but the other thing is, he says in Luke, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. So there are principles in there that my prayer is actively involved, engaged in whether or not God will answer. Here's a simple principle. God knows everything. He knows the future. Really, in his mind, as far as is concerned, it's already done. Uh, he already knows what we're going to do. So when we choose not to ask for something, God knows we're choosing not to ask for that. So what I would say is this. Don't try to complicate something that God has desired to make simple. Try not to do that. Just recognize the fact that God has told us if we pray in his will, he will make it happen. Um, if we pray that we can learn from him, we can be uh, strengthened from him. If he desires to do something, he will. But it is dependent upon us being engaged in this process of prayer. And so just, just accept that simple and simple obedience and, and move on with it. So we go down. We started talking about the idea of verse 9. He says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In verse 10, it says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's simply asking for God's will to be accomplished. Now, we're praying for that. You say God's will is always accomplished, I think, in, in general, no. There's a lot of times because God gives us 
a free will. There are times that we will do things that were not necessarily in God's will. Uh, we will live in sin. We will make decisions. We'll go the wrong direction. We won't obey in a certain part of our life. And um, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're nervous. Sometimes we got to step out in faith. And that's sometimes not easy. So part of what I see when I see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven, it's going to be done. It's going to be accomplished. God is the king. And that's the idea of this kingdom life here. Again, the, the physical kingdom life is still future, but this idea that we live in a kingdom life where God is the king and God is in control. We submit ourselves to him. It starts with a submissive prayer. So this, to me, is as much of me submitting myself to him as it is begging him to be done. Because his will will be done if I allow it to be done. That's part of that free will. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. A sovereign God's given a corrupt human the opportunity to make decisions. So I must be submissive to God's leading for his will to be fully accomplished. So we're praying that God will do that, which is a submissiveness in my heart. It's his working, his, his accomplishing. So that's what he says in verse 10, verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. All right, so he's talking about provision. You know, this is an intriguing thing. We live in, especially here in America. Now, this is not true of a portion of our country. Uh, many of them are poor, many struggle. But for a vast majority of us, the idea of whether or not uh, we're going to have food for our meals today it is not as big of a deal. Now, some may say you only get one meal or two meals. There are people who will go days between meals in our world. Um, but one of the things that comes with that is that we pray this, but we forget, you know, say, well, I go to work, I'm, I get a paycheck, I do this, and we're supposed to do that. It's, it's the right thing to do. It's one of the ways God provides for us is through the gift he's given us and the ability to work. Uh, but in some occasions, we can begin to become self-reliant on that. And may we not lose the fact that what we have been given and what we enjoy, and when I go home to my house and I go home to a fridge that has food in it, a pantry that has food in it, and I'm not panicking, I don't have to pray, Lord, somehow provide me food before I get home. I don't have to do that. Uh, don't take that for granted. This is a great blessing of God. But still remember, it is God who brings that provision. He says in verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So he gets into the idea of forgiveness. Now, here's what we're going to do, because if you go down to verse number 14, he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not, neither will he forgive you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take verse 12 and verse 14, and we're just going to take tomorrow's episode, and we're just going to focus our attention on this aspect of forgiveness, because I don't want to just take a minute here and talk about it. Forgiveness is one of those very complicated discussions. I went... Do we, does forgiveness required for forgetting, is, or I'm sorry, do I have to forget to forgive? How do I forgive if the person's not asked for it? What if I'm never going to ask for it? Do I have a right to hold it over them? Do am I required to forgive? What is entailed in that? How does God's forgiveness to me work in line with me forgiving others? So we're going to talk about those things tomorrow. So come back and we'll work at verse 12, 14, and 15 tomorrow. So let's go to verse 13. Lead us not, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, please understand, God does not. Um, when we get to first John, and James, we realize, or in first John, I think it is, we are tempted and we are drawn away, drawn, drawn away by our own desires, by our own lust, and then we are 
enticed into these things. That's our own thing. God's not going to lead us into temptation, but he's going to deliver us from evil. In that process where these things come, God always makes a way for us to escape. And that's the premise. We recognize the fact that God's not going to lead us into sinful temptation. Uh, and so we recognize his direction is the opposite. But as a prayer, Lord, in today, there's going to be times of temptation. Temptation for sin, temptation for anger, temptation for selfishness, temptation for self-righteousness. We could go on about the temptations that are going to come today. Lord, give me grace to not be driven by that. Fear, impatience, all those different things. Um, because, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the one who would want to harm us. Now, can I encourage people to say, you know, Satan made me do it. Or the devil's the one that draws me in now. I heard this comment recently, and it's a phenomenal comment, and it's a very, very accurate comment. Do you know that God is omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient? Satan is not. God is everywhere at all times. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, God the Holy Spirit, they're everywhere at all times. Satan's not. The idea to say that Satan tempted me to do something, there are billions of people on this earth, and there's only one, de- one God, Satan. Now, he's got demons and things of that nature. My point is this. He ever, we cannot blame our sin and our temptation on Satan, and we know it comes from us. So if we sit back and want to say that every decision we make that is hurtful, every decision we make that we regret is all Satan's fault, then we miss the fact that our sin, our temptation is by our own. My temptation, what, what I am tempted about is different than you. And we need to recognize that. We need to allow that to drive us. We need to allow it to recognize that it's individual. Now, he says there is no temptation temptation taken me but what is common to man so I, I'm not a, there's not a special just me uh, if I struggle with it is a common struggle with humankind uh, but the same case it is a personal thing to me so I need to find a way from I need to go through scripture and learn how I can grow from this and it's through this time of prayer that's why this time of prayer is so important Lord I have a tendency towards this temptation. I need your grace to not be led that way deliver me from the evil deliver me from the evil one pull me away from these temptations that would drive me down a path that only bring pain. Well, again, thanks for joining us today and this Wednesday. Uh, stick with us again. Tomorrow, we're going to jump in and just take three t- three verses and talk about the idea of forgiveness, a very important discussion to have. And I think some simple truths that if we understand these things will be huge in helping us to be able to heal and move forward from the hurts in our life. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.